Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Welcome to our podcast, Wonderful, a show where we talk about things we like that are pretty much across the board good, and all the way across the board we are into these things. Yeah. We don't do things that, um, we, we're not phonies. Like, we get, sometimes we get comments and they're like, there's no way that you guys like Korean reality competition shows as much as you <laughs> pretend to. And to that, I would say, look at our fucking Netflix watch history. No. Oh, for sure. We don't, we don't get on here and talk about something that we heard other people like. Yeah. A lot of people say, you've never watched one St. Louis Blues hockey game front to back. And to that, I would say, false. No, I, I, I've, I've watched have. at least seven or eight of them. A lot of times we don't watch the whole thing and that's only because they're playing badly. Or so <laughs> good that they're squishing the other team and it's like not even sport. No, we, no, we watch those games. We love those <laughs> we games, don't we? Those. those are good fun ones. Um this is I'm I'm excited to be here. The Blues are keeping us guessing this season talking about those sweet blue notes. Mm-hmm. Hey you sports fans, this hey, is our sports, sports fans, podcast. This is a quick sports podcast. That's my small wonder. It's the St. Louis Blues. They keep you guessing. Yeah. It's always fun because you never know when they get on that beautiful ice called the rink, yeah. what kind of performance they're gonna put out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're playing a huge, just like champion of the league, and they'll beat them soundly. Yes. And then they'll play against a division rival who they very badly need to beat in order to clinch the uh, the wild card spot or at least stay in it for the playoffs and they'll get their asses handed to them mm-hmm. and it's like cool like cool I, I get the vibe that sometimes when they're playing poorly they decide to start thinking about the sandwich they're going to have after the game possibly instead of actually trying to win the game yes there was a fun stat for the first half of the season i don't know if it's still true where if they did not score first they lost. They would lose the game. They had, <laughs> and which is funny because, like, back in like 2019, I feel like even part of 2020 before the season got all weird, they were like the comeback kings. They had yeah. like the most come from behind victories of like any team in the league. And then that was, that's not true no, no more. But still, keep it, keep it going, guys. Keep it up. Proud of you. Do you have a small wonder? I do. And I bet you know what I'm going to talk about. What? Glass blowing. Yeah, baby. Uh, Griffin, in a very like prescient uh, decision, was like, you know what? I'm going to get Rachel for Christmas is a uh, a spot in a glass blowing class, like an introductory discover glass blowing is what it was called. It was like, yeah, oh. inspired by I think we talked about it it, on the show. Race. The Amazing Race had a challenge where they had to blow glass. And we were both like, that looks fucking great. And we had watched some of the Netflix show too. Yeah, blown blown up. Blown away. Blown away. <laughs> Blowed up. <laughs> yeah. Um uh and I I don't know. I I probably never would have done it. Like I never would have Definitely signed would up never have done it. for a class. Um but what was great is that there were only six of us and the instructor was pretty committed to all of us like leaving with stuff. Yeah. So he would kind of let us do something and then tag in and do some of the more complicated stuff and then let us do another thing. Uh, and it was great. It's just yeah. so nice to take like a creative class where you like leave having made something. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you used to be you used to do a uh, quite a bit of pottery before we had kids, I think, when yeah. we had some spare time. I think you actually took one 
class after Henry was born just to like get out of the house a little bit. Yeah. But that was cool because he would come home and you'd be like, here's some bowls and stuff. Yeah. This was like another, this is like a, I don't know why I rank glassware above like pots and uh, yeah. cups and stuff like that in terms of like, I don't know, it's wild the people that humans can make that stuff. But you came home with like a beautiful vase and a, a really <laughs> rad looking paperweight. And that's like sick that, that yeah. you made that stuff. Yeah, it was, um, it was really great. And now I'm, I'm thinking about continuing to do it. The, the class was just a one-off. And then you can sign up for what is like a five-week class. Yeah. Uh, which feels like a big commitment for yeah. me. Uh, so I'm still mulling it over, but um, but it was great. I loved it. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, you crushed it. You go first this week for your big wonder, and I can't wait to hear what that is. You've got devices on your just flanking you, like a old western sharp quick quick draw artist. That's what they call me. Yep. What do you got? She's jacking in. <laughs> She's plugging her. Cyber cord into the mainframe. Okay. And we're in. My thing is uh, no longer in existence. Oh, okay. But I'm sure you'll know it. And that is the WB. The channel? Yes. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. Hey, you remember that? Quick aside, just for the listener. Don't listen to this, Rachel. You remember the part at the beginning of the show where we said we don't talk about things that we uh, actually don't actually care about all that much? The WB. Um, 90s kids won't remember this. It was not a very good channel with very much good programming. <gasps> How? Were you a big you. Seventh Heaven fan, or Honey, what was your f- flavor of choice? You're going to eat your words. Let's, I can't let's, wait. Let's return to this at the end of the segment. Okay, I can't wait. Uh, the thing about the WB is that it had a lot of teen programming. They yes. really doubled down on teens. Yes. Um, which, if you think about it now, is kind of crazy in a way. Like, that's not something that really happens these days. It seems like television is largely targeted to people, like, over 45. Well, teens don't watch TV. Like, teens don't watch television channels. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and that's, you know, technology. Sure. But just to be a teenager and to have a channel that you could go to and, like, pretty much every show in the evenings was for you was, like, kind of a cool moment in time. All right. This is, sorry, I'm discovering with this segment that there is just a wild divergence in our sort of like media consumption as kids, because I never watched the WB. I never, ever, ever watched it. Interesting. Well, we'll we'll talk about that. But we had like, you know, a premium package. So I had access. Oh, you had no need for network television. No need for it. I could, you know, (laughs) I could could watch some Disney Channel sometimes. Okay. The WB. Uh... Warner Brothers, yes? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, do you remember the mascot for the WB? It's that fucking frog. Michigan J. Frog. Michigan J. Frog. The f- one of my favorite jokes from The Simpsons was, uh, or shit, was it Family Guy? Uh-oh. I hope it was Simpsons. It was, they turned on the TV, and it was that frog, and he goes, hey, look at that. It's the WB. It's another bad show that no one will see. Like a little routine. Mm-hmm. There was, okay, I will say there was a lull for the WB. Okay, There cool. was like a golden era, with the, and I will name the shows, and you will remember them. I can't wait to be eat my words. And then in the last few years of it, it kind of diminished sure. in popularity. So 1995 is when it when it hit the scene. Okay. Um, and when it first started, 
Um, we're talking about the Wayans brothers. We're talking about Sister, Sister. Oh, shit. That was WB? Beginning in, yes, 1995. Um, Did that get consumed by Disney? Because I feel like I remember Sister, Sister being Sister, Sister ends up on ABC. Okay, which, yeah. After, uh, um... WB, after yeah, Michigan I think so. I mean, dies I, in a car I accident. I didn't research the history of Sister, Sister, so I can't tell you... <laughs> What was the movie we just watched? Oh, Yes, Chef Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. One even, of them was in it. We never talked about Yes, Chef Christmas. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, next week. Next week, I want to talk about a it's Christmas It's a little movie. out of season at Maybe this point. a little bit. Maybe I wait till next Christmas season. Yes, mm-hmm. Chef Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the, the time period where it really blew up was 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Was WB? Yes, sir. This wow. is what I'm telling you. Like a lot of these shows, maybe you watched when they were streaming or on DVD. Yeah, yeah, but this was on this network. I and I feel like a lot of these shows also got et up by other channels when the WB went down. And so when like I would uh-huh. watch them in syndication, it was on other channels. I had uh-huh. no, I had no idea Buffy was on. WB. This is why I wanted to let you discover with me. Okay, cool. Did you watch W? Did you watch Buffy when it was like on TV? When it was like yeah. happening on the air? Okay, yeah. cool. I only got into it on. DVD. I was a very late comer to yeah. that whole universe. I never watched the whole series while it was on TV, but I watched parts of it while it was on TV. Well, it was then... fucking impossible to watch the whole series of any television <laughs> show know. while it was on TV. I know, because it would move around, it'd be at different times, and then well, like... Well, the episodes wouldn't air like in order sometimes. Yeah, like, you would have to catch... Re- My dad had this whole like insane catalog <laughs> of VHS tapes and like a card, like his own Dewey Decimal uh, System just for this exact purpose. Yeah. To be like, I want to watch season f- three, episode 11 of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, that's on V1081. <laughs> really, it got up into the four-digit numbers. He's I'd love man. to talk to him about that yeah, at some point. Me too. Uh, okay, so it debuted March 1997. It debuted with the highest Monday night ratings in network's history, attracting not only new teenage viewers, but new advertisers. Inspired by Buffy's success, the WB intentionally shifted the focus of its program. Okay, I'm starting to figure out exactly where this is going to go now. Because was Charmed a WB it was. jammer also? Okay, It was. And the other one, which debuted January 1998, Dawson's Creek. Was a WB product? Yes, sir. That's so fascinating. Who feels silly? I now? feel extremely <laughs> silly. I had no idea. I think you that didn't this, watch Dawson's this Creek. Speaks, this I think this speaks slightly to the small the age, age gap between us mm-hmm. because it, when when that was happening, I would have been like ten years old, which is yeah. too young for nineteen ninety seven. I was in high school, and I, mean, I was like freshly in high school. I was like a freshman. Yeah, in high school. People so, people using that information can backwards reverse engineer our age gap. I think we've talked. To about it uh, before yeah. uh it's quite large it's five years <laughs> yeah, who gives know, a shit not. it's not um okay dawson's creek enormous hit most of you will probably know what it is <laughs> it's yeah. but pretty much every actor that was on that show as a lead uh, continued to have a successful career after yeah yeah I pacey, mean, pacey took a break pacey took pacey dropped off for a minute wasn't fringe right after no fringe no. was a a bit because okay. I remember hearing Sydney talk about how stoked she was to see the return, uh, the return of, Josh, of Pace, Josh, what is his name? Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Sorry mm-hmm. for forgetting that extremely memorable name. Uh, the popularity of Dawson uh, helped and his creek, his excellent his creek. creek. 
is related creek helped boost the network's other shows such as buffy which served as its lead-in on the wb's new night of programming uh which launched january 1998 branded as new tuesday new tuesday uh yes okay and and seventh heaven okay so seventh heaven was the year before so it started in 1996 buffy came in 1997 and then they all got smushed together as part of New Tuesday and Seventh Heaven enjoyed a massive 81% increase in viewership because the teens were there, the TV was it's on. Already added on. You've stumbled into Seventh Heaven. I grew up in the faith. <laughs> and even <laughs> I, whenever I would catch a few frames of Seventh Heaven while swapping between channels, it'd be like, this show seems so shitty. I bad. started so many episodes of Seventh Heaven. Accidentally and, because Yeah, and was... never finished. Because you would. You would start, you'd be like, these are young, attractive people. This must be for me too. Nope. And then it was just like, the stakes are so low. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, also on WB, uh, you mentioned Charmed. Uh, Felicity. Wow, okay. Was also WB. Was Gilmore Girls up in there? It was. Jesus We're not there yet. Smallville uh, came out October 2001. Okay, I did watch that. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. I didn't watch Smallville. Okay. 2001, I think, was a little late for me. Then I kind of moved on. Um, 1999 to 2000, uh, we had Roswell, popular. uh, Angel hit the scene. Sure. Uh, And I want to say, even... Angel premiered with 7.5 million viewers. Um, That's a grip of people for I that know. time. For, for, that year. for context, um, oh, another one I will say uh, the highest ratings the WB ever saw was February 1999, uh, 12.5 million viewers. So for context, the 2024 Golden Globes had 9.4 million viewers. Yeah. And that was up 50% from last year. So well, and like, the population of Earth in that 30-year gap <laughs> quadrupled. Uh, okay. And then Gilmore Girls 2000, as you mentioned. Uh, also 2000 was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was another very popular show. God, I would have sworn on a stack of Bibles that was TGIF that was on that was on ABC. Also 2001, not applicable to us, but maybe some of our, our peers watched it, and that was Reba. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I could name you two to three of our peers who watched Reba. <laughs> okay, so what you were probably thinking of when I first mentioned the WB was the 2003 to 2006 era. Yeah. And that is when WB had a significant decline uh, because of some poor choices I believe they made. Uh, first, in 2005, they retired Michigan J. Frog. Not you that think I... that was a bad choice? <laughs> no, this here's what I'll say. This frog guy. <laughs> I don't think the loss of the frog contributed. But I will say the reason behind the loss of the frog was uh, WB's president at the time said, quote, Michigan was a symbol that perpetuated the young teen feel of the network. What the fuck? That's not the image we now want to put to our audience. This is a frog that tap danced and wore a top <laughs> hat and had a little cane. In- like we're going to move on to serious adult things. And what they moved on to was One Tree Hill, which was pretty popular. Yeah. Also, Beauty and the Geek. Oh, Jesus. Not a great show. And I will say Supernatural has a cult following. Oh, shit. That a lot of people, yeah. I have not watched the show. All right. Um, but this was kind of in the period where they were like, we're not really for teens. We're going to try some new stuff out. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't work. I got to say, I appreciate now, seeing the full context of it, the WB's commitment to the, the like, 
occult and supernatural elements in television yeah, shows. Yeah, true, yeah. It is wild, the streak that they went on of like, all right, magic, aliens, vampires, <laughs> monsters. I mean, that was the thing. Like, Buffy and Charmed were kind of like, hey, look, I guess some, that, yeah. some crazy stuff happens in this show, yeah. and teens loved it, and they were like, all right, let's keep doing it. I did watch more WB Kids at the time, because WB Kids had Pokemon in syndication, and oh. they would show that shit nonstop. If you wanted to catch Pokemon on whatever it was, I think like Fox or something, when it was first airing in the States, you had to be like at your TV <laughs> at like 2.45 p.m. exactly on it, so I'd have uh-huh. to sprint home from school if I wanted to catch like the back half of an episode. But WB Kids just... Ran that shit constantly. Okay, I, I don't remember WB Yu-Gi-Oh! Kids. Again, this is... <laughs> right. I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh! Ever. I would like to say it's our age difference. I don't know if we had been the same age. <laughs> no, if I've been I don't think so. <laughs> uh, the WB aired its final night of programming on 2006. Uh, and then um, <laughs> to like close out the station, which I've never thought of before yeah. of like there's a point where the station ends and something right. else begins mr feeney just like turns the lights off i think in the wb broadcast room no they they aired like a bunch of like well-known stars and like clips and stuff from their previous shows uh and then uh they said, for 11 years, you brought us into your home. We made you smile and tug at your heart. And now we say goodbye from all of us, the WB. Thank you. The final image seen in the montage was former network mascot, Michigan J. Frog. Yes. Who was shown as a silhouette due to the animated character being retired as the WB's mascot. He's taking his hat off and bowing, thanking the audience for watching it's the silhouette. network. Silhouette? Re- they can't. Show the frog. (laughs) We can't show you the frog. We're done with the frog. We're going to give you a hint of frog. Guess what? You're done with fucking everything, WB, because you made a lot of bad choices. Show us the frog. What's wrong with you? (laughs) We can't show you the frog because we don't use the frog anymore. You don't use anything anymore. You died because of the bad choices that you made. And then then what happened? We're talking the CW. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Very similar. Took a lot of the same shows over. um, I don't know what the CW stands for. I don't either. The cool wet work. It's like network. Cool Warner. Cool Warner. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, teens? We're Cool Warner. What a- frog? Fuck that frog. <laughs> We're the frog the brothers vapes now. We're not the brothers. We're the best brother. We're the cool. Singular Cool Warner. Her name is Cool James Warner. Uh, that was a wonderful. That's an OEB. What a journey I took you on. What a wonderful journey that was. Now Rachel. you understand, right? Now I get it. It was a golden moment for teens. Yes, it's wild. I just missed it. I, I missed it by a, by that much. By it's about so five rare years. that I can completely change your mind. I know. In the course of a segment, I, I don't think there's that many cultural moments that are were that like bubbly. That one of us could pick it up like completely and run with yeah. it, and the other one just like fucking not. not now, what I, what I will say: Do these shows hold up? No, not no. necessarily. <laughs> um, would I recommend them to people now? Maybe not. No. Uh, but at the time, as a teen, sure, it felt powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that for sure. Yes. Um, can I steal you away? Yes. Cool. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design 
or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons? Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 911. My husband! It's my husband! Calm down, please. What about your husband? He, he loads the dishwasher wrong! Please help! Please help me! Where are you now, ma'am? At the kitchen table. I was with my dad. He mispronounced his words intentionally. There are plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice, but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes. Judge John Hodgman, the only true crime podcast that won't leave you feeling sad and bad and scared for once. Only on MaximumFun.org. I really enjoyed researching my topic today um, because it is something that I use a lot and I didn't know about sort of the the history or applicate, like proper application of it. It is my favorite punctuation mark. And it is the M dash. 
Oh, you're one of those. What does that mean? I feel like this is like a thing in journalism. People talk a lot about the M-dash. Okay. Yeah, I'm not actually sure if AP style is like M-dash like focused. Um, I'm just saying like when I was coming up, it's not like you really learn about the M-dash in school. No, you do you not. You just start seeing it in articles all the time. Right. And then you're like, oh, I get it. This is very much a learned uh, like habit of mine that started when I started working at Joystick back in 2008. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't write like 10% as much as I used to yeah. write like back back in the day when I was on the on the news beat for Joystick and then Polygon. Um, you do write some very popular graphic novels, though, I will say. I do do that, but I do not employ the M-dash <laughs> yeah, terribly much lot of space in those. In those bubbles. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in graphic novels, every drop of ink that goes on the page is requires a tremendous amount of effort from a lot of people yeah. and so an m dash is just like a luxury that yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, publishers cannot afford um but but when i do write sort of non graphic novel format i do still use the the m dash a lot more than sort of it's similar like contemporaries um the dash family if you are not like i don't know a nerd <laughs> I guess <laughs> the Dash family has three members. You have the hyphen, which is just pathetic in terms of width. Uh, it has a very specific purpose. That's a very valuable. specific purpose of hyphenating words and like you know if you and can't, names sometimes. and names and if you like can't finish a word in one like line in a book, you can use a hyphen to like say like hey catch catch me on the flip side for the rest of this word. You're gonna fucking love it. Um, the in dash e n dash, uh, which is sorry. And then the M dash, the triple hyphen that can just break a <laughs> sentence down into as many chunks as you need and just interrupt the flow of a reader's journey as you as you will it. I am hoping that you will distinguish for me the difference between an M dash and a comma, because a lot of oh, times sure. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, well, one goes like whoop and is kind of okay. curvy. One goes side to side Don't and is cute wicked fucking long. Um, so it was it was at Joystick I, I learned about the existence of the of yeah. this punctuation mark, which is fucking wild, because they should at least show you in school, like, by the way, you know about the hyphen. Especially because you went to journalism school. Right, yeah. It yeah. just was not, it was just not a thing that was really taught there. I guess you were broadcast. They were like, he's just going to be saying what's written for him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did write for the paper for at least one year. Anyway, um, so early, early on in my tenure there while being copy edited. I posted up just a weak, terrible hyphen uh, in the middle of a sentence to break it up. And Ludwig, who was our the style ombudsman for, for Joystick, showed me the error of my ways uh, because the style guide there was using an M-dash. Uh, some, I think it varies from outlet to outlet. Some uh, folks use an M-dash without spacing on either side between the words, but there and therefore every other time I would use the M-dash, it would be, you know, words, 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 space, M-dash, space, rest of the words. Um, so after learning about the M-dash, I went fucking M-dash crazy i was incapable of like writing a full sentence without the constant use of like asides or like fragmentation just slipping this big ass line in there uh with a plum it changed my writing style the like power yeah. of this punctuation mark yeah. because like I, I i i realized that i enjoyed 
in this like blog format, like a very informal style of writing that the yeah. M-Dash really lends itself to. Um, and so like it did make my writing fairly disjointed at times, particularly when I was reviews editor there, I would still use M-Dashes a lot, which was, um, I, I posted up some real bricks in that regard. I think I've reined it in a bit since then. The M-Dash is great because it can be used to substitute four different punctuation marks, depending on how you you employ it. Um, so in lieu of a comma or a pair of commas that separate out an aside or additional information, such as Garfield, M-dash, a cat who loved lasagna, M-dash, was a very good comic strip. Um, the best thing about using Why is that, that better than commas? Well, let me tell you. I'm okay. just about to say Sorry, that. I just don't understand. The best thing that that is used for is a sentence where commas have already been used, right? And especially once you get into like Oxford commas, like if you need to break out a list of three things, Uh all of a sudden like your shit is just riddled with commas. But with the M dash, like you have options in terms of like mixing it up. It makes the sentence actually way more readable. And it also, again, like it is the M dash is typically used for a more informal style of writing. And so like, I find the M dash to be an incredibly clear, I mean, by design, like way of separating shit okay. from other shit in sentences. Okay. Whereas a comma, like there's a few different ways to read a comma because a comma is used for a lot of different things. Yeah, I will say I have definitely written some emails and had sentences that had way too many commas. Yeah. And I just thought like, well, they all need to be there, but I don't like how many there are. There's not a lot of ways <laughs> to substitute commas either, right? You, yeah. you can either like, just change the sentence dramatically and just make a new sentence. You can sometimes use a semicolon, but the semicolon is the fucking Riddler of the punctuation mark world. <laughs> I like a semicolon. You would think it's a question mark, but no, the semicolon is like, <laughs> is this right? I don't fucking know. Nobody knows yeah. how to use a semicolon. Um, <laughs> instead of parentheses, when you're adding commentary or interruption, so Garfield, M dash, my beloved orange friend, M dash, has tragically died. <laughs> this is probably like the most common use case for me. Because it basically allows for jokes, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, you're in the middle of writing a sentence about some new video game announcement or some, like, you know, dumb thing some uh, director of a game said. And then, like, you want to make a great joke? Bang, you don't even have to finish the sentence to get to your joke. M-dash, joke, M-dash, rest of the sentence. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes in that case I would use parentheses. Sure. That's also fine. I think that... But it doesn't have the urgency of an M-dash. It doesn't. I feel like an M dash is more powerful than a parentheses. Because <laughs> a parentheses to me feels like you're telling a little secret. Shh, shh, shh. Garfield's dead. <laughs> Whereas an M dash is like, boom, he's my beloved orange friend. Yeah. Um, it can be used instead of a colon for additional information at the end of a sentence. Finally, Garfield learned the truth. M dash, Odie wasn't real. So you don't, it doesn't always have to come in pairs. You can use it as a sort of checkpoint. Say like, here comes, here comes the drop of this sentence. Or it can be used instead of a semicolon to connect two distinct sentences. Garfield buried the knife in the garden. M dash, the knife would never be found. So that- Wait, you can use it not in a pair? Yeah. You can use it as a, you can use one of them in a sentence to like separate out two sentences. I don't know that I've ever used it not in a pair. Right. It's it's basically can be a colon or a semicolon in the use case that a colon or semicolon could be used. Um. You seldom have need for any other punctuation marks when you have the M dash in your quiver. And it's really good at catching the reader's attention and providing a sort of like pacing through the sentence that you're writing, yeah. uh, all while maintaining a like super informal tone that's very prevalent in the blog world. And also, it can be kind of lazy and easy to 
to use them a lot because you don't have to think so hard about how you're structuring your sentence because you got that M dash that you can use to like change the sentence in any one of like yeah. a handful of ways as you need to. There's not a lot of like when you're writing 180 blog posts a month, like you don't have a lot of time to say like, let me look critically at every single thing that I'm writing here to see if it like grammatically hits and is as like powerful as it can possibly be. The M dash can get in there like your little friend to help you do whatever it is that you need it to do. Yeah, and okay. I really, really like that. Okay, so the name. I I saw so many trusted sources explaining what the name M and N dash was, which is that the M dash, spelled again E-M, I know this is confusing, is the length of a capital M, whereas the N dash, E-N dash, oh. is the length of a capital M. Is that true? No, that's <laughs> apocryphal. Um, and I was surprised because there's some pretty big names putting up this, this false information. Um, it, it does come from typography the the etymology of the, of the m dash and the n dash um the m em and the enn are uh units of measurement for typography so i found one source that said that old print shops used to use the term mutton for the m and the nut for the n uh to make things less confusing because they're also you know printing a lot of actual letter m's and n's so the mutton or the M, is the height of the point size of whatever font that you're using. Uh, and the N is half of that. So in digital terms, think of it this way. If you write an uppercase I, that is the M. That is the height. The bottom of the I to the top of the I is the M of that uh, of, of that, that font. So that is just a, a vertical M dash. You turn that I on its side, and that's an M dash. It is An M dash is as long as a capital letter is tall yeah so it's not the width it's the length that's right yeah, yeah. It's, or the okay. height specifically yes okay. yeah uh so yeah and then the n is is half that size uh a lot of that comes down to like old printing press like the actual size of the uh you know different type pieces that they would they would put in the height of it would be the m half of that would be the n and so an m dash would be the height of the thing the 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 type i mean aren't all capital in. letters the same height yeah they are but not all dashes are that long right so i'm i use the i as an example because it's literally a vertical m dash okay, if, okay. You, if you turn it on it okay side. i should you're right i should say any letter but the i is just perfect especially if you're looking at it on like a google doc you just, it's just one vertical line and you turn it on its side that's an m dash whatever uh -huh. okay um so yeah i i've learned over time that the m dash is a sometimes food that you should <laughs> sprinkle in your writing because if you use it too much it becomes completely unreadable i um, do think some of your earliest emails to me were full of m dashes and i remember thinking like who puts m dashes in their emails i mean i was i, I was working at joystick when we started <laughs> yeah, hoarding and so uh, that makes a lot of sense because that's what i was fucking m dash just wild about these things <laughs> i still really like them they are still my go-to punctuation mark yeah. um you hit the hyphen button uh, key three times it makes one or you can do i think like Option shift hyphen will just whip you out a big long M dash real quick. I love the idea that you would get an M dash tattoo and everyone would be like a line and you'd be like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> it would be hard to just, I don't want people to see that and be like, oh, you have a hyphen. Because without the context yeah. of other shit around it, people aren't going to tell that it's a big, strong, oh. virile M dash. <laughs> you'd need like a ruler underneath your tattoo. Exactly. Also tattooed. Right. But it like showing the font point size anyway that's the m dash <laughs> i love the m dash i used to use it way too much 
if you should use it if you write because it feels good because <laughs> you can just make you can make jokes you can write quick and it does a lot of does a lot of different things and I like mm-hmm. the flexibility of it anyway yeah. here's some stuff from our friends at home we didn't get a ton of submissions in this week so please send us your small wonders just a sentence or two about something you're really into at wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com we have one this week from jolie who says my small wonder is subway poetry specifically an initiative in toronto called poems in passage i love looking up at a place where an ad would usually be and instead seeing a poem from a local poet kind of in the vein of your street art yeah exactly that's what it reminded me of of just like seeing unexpected like art in regular places yeah subways have so many opportunities for cool art shit yeah i was watching some video that henry had on that was showing a um what's it called a zoetrope of like a subway train that as it goes down a tunnel the way that like these pictures printed on the wall pass by the windows it makes it look like it's like animating and stuff yeah Anyway, and like when they turn the steps out of a subway station and like piano, and so like as you go up, it like plays notes. It's a fun, interactive <laughs> environment. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. I feel tired. I feel worn out from talking about the M dash. And also, we just went to the gym <laughs> before we recorded. <laughs> we so maybe that's more of if the you've issue. noticed a certain amount of like like hype energy, it's because we still got those that that adrenaline and the endorphins and the yeah. and the lats and the my lats and delts are fucking and pumping delts right now. And yeah. My I've got a I've got just strong traps. My traps are like a gorilla. <laughs> We have merch over at MacquarieMerch.com, including a Sometimes It Rains in Trav Nation shirt that I'm absolutely smitten with uh, and some some great fun galore stuff over there. Um, and I, I think that's it. Again, wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what your, your, what's in your heart. What's in your heart today? <laughs> I don't think we want necessarily yeah, that. No, we don't want that specifically. We need, we need content. But what, I mean, I hope your heart is good. <laughs> but we need the content. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.